Genre. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Nick Jimenez. But today, we're going to talk about uh, a feature-length documentary that is also a special feature on uh, the Hot Fuzz Blu-ray, as well as the three-disc DVD collector's edition. It's uh, the Fuzzball Rally, which is a documentary uh, directed by, shot and directed by um, Joe Cornish, who would uh, go on to be the writer-director of a little film called Attack the Block. Starring uh, future big deal of the resistance, John Boyega, and uh, future (laughs) future, uh, Time Lord, Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. And who knows what's going to happen? Who knows who else is going to do cool stuff from that movie? That's very true. Um, and uh, future director of The Kid Who Would Be King, which comes out, I think, next year. So Can't wait. I know. Uh, so Fuzzball, the Fuzzball Rally, um, this is a documentary about uh, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost going on an American promotional tour where they're sort of uh, taking the film Hot Fuzz around to uh, theaters and like doing interviews and things like that. And just like generally kind of just fooling around. Um, It's kind of uh, at times it reminds me a little bit of uh, maybe not, not like (laughs) on a scale of one to 10 uh, on the jackass scale. uh, This, this is definitely like a four, but it's, it's in that sort of um, vein that, that, uh, uh, you know, that's sort of uh, just shoot a bunch of people goofing off kind of vein. It also reminds me of, um, I don't know if you ever saw this, but uh, did you ever get that Blink-182 documentary that came out um, around, I want to say Take Off Your Pants and Jacket era Blink-182? And there, mm-hmm. there was like a documentary, uh, like a documentary got... of them got... like fooling, <laughs> yeah, of like fooling around on tour. Did you Did you see that? I want to say I have. I want to say they, I, or at least I've seen clips of it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, th- that's what this reminds me of. It's very much like just Joe Cornish has like a like a you know a, a semi professional grade camcorder, and he's uh, shooting them explaining like what they're going through as they are um, going through this uh, American promotional tour for the release of uh, Hot Fuzz um, in theaters. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I just I just think that, you know, I always liked these movies, but I think that this documentary is the thing that sort of made me fall in love with these three guys like as people, you know? Sure. Um cuz I just I just love them together. Like I love how much they love each other, you know? And uh and just it it's the thing that made me realize cuz you always hear the story. In fact, um if I'm not mistaken, he 
tells the story in the documentary, but you always hear the story about when Simon Pegg met Nick Frost on the balcony of a of a party that he went to and that he was just like, Oh, this guy's a comedic genius. Like that's what, that was his first impression of, of Nick, of Nick Frost was that he's, he's a comedic genius and he had no idea. Um, and you know, you, I've always heard him say, tell that story, but like, you know, you watch the movies with Nick Frost and it's like, yeah, no, I mean, he's really funny, but like you wrote this stuff. Right. So like, I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. is he a comedic genius? And then you watch this and the, the, the shit that he does, like without warning and like no forethought at all. It just comes out is some of the funniest shit. Like he really is a comedic genius, Nick Frost. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's so funny. It It's great. Yeah. If nothing else it, you do really get to, uh, it, it's a great highlight reel for certainly the most kind of understated member of, of the trio, which is weird because he is such a big personality and, and presence. But yeah, no, you're right. It, it, it was great to see just like the uh, yeah the casual wit, and not even the the wit, but like how he would he would launch into like yeah just pratfalls or like yeah uh, or that or that bit where he uh, he gets they're introducing Chicago to the camera because they've just arrived in Chicago and they're naming movies like Edgar Wright is like uh, we're at the uh, Chicago O'Hare uh, Airport, which uh, is probably most famous. Uh, from uh, being in uh, Home Alone, and uh, and then uh, Simon Pegg says another another movie that the O'Hare Airport was, and then Nick Frost goes uh, and uh, Die Hard, or uh, well Die Hard too, and they're like, wasn't that Denver? And he's like, oh, and then they're like, well, how's that? How's it feel that knowing that uh, you know you you just lost your membership to Hollywood? He's like, well, you know, I'm I'm sure I'll always land on my feet, and then he's just like, so do I just go? that way and he just like leaves yeah. and i just i love that i love the uh the the fact that like with no setup whatsoever he just snaps right into this world where he has to leave hollywood because he got this name <laughs> asinine fact about die hard wrong and just all right well it's been a good run and i'll uh, see you guys later <laughs> i don't know i just no. i love that guy uh it's yeah great. Uh, it's great. And it, and it, and it, yeah, it, it really does adhere you to, and you're right. Like this was very, uh, I, 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 I do remember watching this and watching this again made me really nostalgic. And I remember there's also this documentary that I, I watched, I had on DVD called the comedians of comedy where mm-hmm. it was, uh, Brian Posehn, Maria Bamford, Patton Oswalt and Zach Galifianakis mm-hmm. like touring. I'm sure I've talked about it for sure with Scott, maybe even on air. Uh, yeah, I've I've seen it before too. Oh, great, cool, um, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, and and for the same reason as as the fuzzball rally, I remember watching those a lot and realizing that, yeah, like the, the reality of it, or you know, like the the document, and just seeing like, oh my god, you know, to a to a kind of lonely teenager who didn't know a lot of other people that I felt that like comfortable with this seemed like some kind of like, yeah, like a, a vision of a brighter future where I could just hang around with my friends and be bored with each other and yeah. tour this thing that we made. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's the thing is like, um, it, it is, uh, you know, the, the sort of like, uh, stupid boy humor that happens throughout, um, sure. the, the, uh, the throughout cakes. the, <laughs> yeah, throughout it, uh, because mm-hmm. they, yeah, the cakes and, and, and the the bit where they're on the the phone mm-hmm. interviews in the conference room and just like lose their lose their minds. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, like start taking off their pants and like, you know, acting ridiculous while they're on phone interviews with journalists. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're just like, they've been in there for hours and they're losing their minds. Uh, all of that stuff aside, like it's sort of, it's, it's the idea of, like you said, touring this thing they made, you know, like I just, that's so romantic to me. Like the mm-hmm. idea, because like, you know, you're always, you always see movies as a thing that is like, oh, the filmmakers make the thing and then they get interviewed a bunch about it. It goes out into the world and then that's it. It's done. Sure. You know, and there's something very romantic about the idea of like, I made this thing and now I'm going to take it around the country and show it to audiences directly. Mm hmm. I just, I just love that. I don't know. I, I, I love that. And well, like, there's me, a lot of other promotional stuff in here, yeah. like, um, you know, getting uh, photographed for magazines and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which is, which is all like well and good. But it's not. That's not the part that I'm super interested in. I love every single time they show the scene where Timothy Dalton lands on the. <laughs> On the, on the top of the church in the small town and you see the audience react to that for the first time over yeah, and over and over I, again. I found it so telling and so interesting that, you know, Cornish's decision to just show you that almost that, that image comment of uh, that, that scene of Timothy Dalton kind of becomes that thing you do in this movie. Yeah. Where you just see all these different, like Austin, LA, New York, and all these people just like freaking out when Timothy Dalton lands on the, the fire. And I just thought it was so cool how they just chose to replay that one moment as a symbol of how. And it was great because, you know, Hot Fuzz really did. We know now in 2018 that it did stand the test of time and it did become a, a comedy classic. But it, it it's really cool seeing Ground Zero happen a bunch of times in a row. Yeah. Because, I mean, the thing is, like, at this point, uh, they, you know, they weren't famous yet. Or like, I mean, famous is a bad, is a bad turn of phrase, but like they, they just weren't broke out. They hadn't, yeah, they hadn't quite broken out in the way that like when the world's end open, there was like a lot of pressure on them sure. and on that film. And I think that ultimately that's probably why a lot of people were, uh, disappointed with yeah. that film because they were expecting something that they had no interest in repeating, you know, like they, they made hot fuzz. They didn't want to make hot fuzz again. They wanted to make something else the way that they made something else instead of making Shaun of the dead again. Sure. Um, it, it's kind of like what happens with like modest mouse when like their eighth album is the one that has float on and they right. like, do float on again. And it's like, we did that once in our 10-year right. history. Right, right. Um so yeah, I mean Shaun of the Dead was not a hit. Like it was a it was a small cult following. Like most people didn't find Shaun of the Dead until after they saw Hot Fuzz. Hot mm-hmm. Fuzz was like their breakout movie, you know? That was the one that everyone was talking about uh that year when it opened. And uh so like you're seeing that happen now like i love that clip of um the kid who looks a lot like gary roby uh winning the the contest winner (laughs) who comes to meet them who is like a big fan of Shaun of the dead and he gets tickets to go see hot fuzz that night um i think it might have been in like seattle or something like that and uh you know, they show him and they meet, they meet and they do this, like this really goofy thing where they like pretend to beat them up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then later you see that kid again after the screening of hot fuzz and he's 
like completely speechless. Like he can't even use words correctly because he just saw hot fuzz and was like, Oh, Oh my God. Like what? I don't, what, what even was that? Wow. Like, and I just, I, I was like, man, yeah, I remember seeing hot fuzz the first time and, and feeling that way as well. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's it's so so good. It's so good. And it, it, it is so, it is such a reason of why I'm now doing a, a podcast where I talk about movies one minute at a time, you know, like mm-hmm. I, Hot Fuzz really just did the, that bomb did drop right when I was at that, at my most susceptible to it. And my most like, this is the greatest and like making movies with your friends and, you know, care, you know, it, it was, yeah, I'm watching this document. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it's yeah. so rare now. And like the older we get, we realize how, how rare it really is to be knocked flat by something or to be mm-hmm. to really feel like wow i think i just have a new favorite band yeah yeah totally or just you know watching watching uh you know watching uh, uh just being completely unexpectedly bowled over by a movie doesn't happen a lot anymore no. um and hot fuzz was definitely one of those things where it's just like you have no idea what you're Go on, what you're about to get into when you see Hot Fuzz the first time, um, and uh, I just I I yeah I mean it's just re- that's what this reminded me of is like is like remembering what that felt like and I and I just I loved seeing these guys you know like Simon Pegg had like the only movie that he had been in at this point was and they're and they're kind of razzing him about it like off and on throughout the documentary they're like oh is hollywood calling simon like simon like you know like kind of just like razzing him about it but it's just because like he he had just been in uh mission impossible 3 Mm -hmm. and like the year before and that was like the biggest thing and i'm like watching this and i'm just like oh man this guy is gonna play scotty a year from now yeah no yeah and not not to keep bringing it back to music but it did make me feel kind of like watching no direction home and they're already kind of like, oh, this Bob Dylan guy, he's already kind of peak time and he just went electric and it's oh wow, like we had no idea. We had no idea what 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 was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Absolutely. there's this really fun moment where he's like uh they're like on an airport, they're like in a van, they're leaving the airport, and he's flipping through like not Empire, but definitely like a UK magazine. Mm-hmm. And he's like reading his own and it was just kind of this, like like an article about himself, yeah, yeah, like one of those features in like Simon Pegg tearing up the spring, what you know, yeah, no, right. we all know, we're all we all eat it, and it was just so cool because like it, he, I, 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 one thing I will, one thing I'm not a fan of right now in the film geekdom world is this frigging iron wall separating artist from journalist critic people. Uh, mm-hmm. this sort of antagonistic us versus them relationship. And I just found it so endearing to just to see like an, an artist and a fan flipping through mm-hmm. a magazine and seeing the, the, the universes crossover. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, it is, it, you know, that, that thing, um, not to go on a, not to go on a, a completely different track with hey, the, if not uh, now when, yeah, with that thing, but but the the thing that you said, where like that antagonistic relationship between mm. uh, artists and 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 critics, and you know this new thing where where critics are um, mad at any artist who says, uh, you know, but well, you know, the critics what can say whatever they want, but 
you know, we didn't make it for the critics. We made it for the fans. And they always get really offended because they're like, critics are fans. That's why we're doing this, blah, 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 blah. And I always, I just want to grab those critics and being like, that's not what they're saying. They're saying they made it for the people who like it. Not for the people who didn't. They're not talking about critics as in professional journalists. They're talking about critics as in people who didn't like the movie. (laughs) Like people who are critical of the movie. Um, And there's like this weird disconnect between these two things where the two sides don't understand each other at all. And it's just really, it's really baffling. So yeah, it is really fun seeing that. You're right. Totally. Sure. Definitely. And like, you know, this, uh, I just watched all about Eve like a couple weeks ago. And, uh, cause I have a library card now match. And, uh, <laughs> there's this great, you know, monologue where the guy that plays Sheer Khan, uh, yep. Uh, is like, don't you know that every critic, you know, waits for a moment where an artist like Eve steps forward. And, and like, that's totally true. You know, like, you you want that you know they're they're chasing that feeling with hot fuzz you know that's why we get really excited when we hear about how great uh you know i can't freaking i really want to watch mandy so bad and i'm just like thinking about when i and when and how i could watch mandy and Mm -hmm. because i'm like chasing that feeling that i get when like hot fuzz cuts to the the logo at the end and you're just on such an adrenaline high because you're like ah cinema (laughs) right totally yeah. I yeah, so I just I've watched this um I've watched this documentary like several times. Uh in fact, I watched it twice for the special. I watched it once and then I watched it again with the commentary. I'm <laughs> glad like, one of us did that. Yeah, yeah, there's commentary on it and it's uh it's it's How really was it? I wanna know. No, it's it's fun. It's literally just the four of them uh you know, the 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 three with Joe. Um, mm-hmm. just hanging out and talking about the press tour. Yeah. Uh, like they're not, <clears throat> there's not a lot in the commentary where they're talking about what's happening on screen. Like usually <laughs> something sure. that happens on screen will like light up a memory that didn't get captured on film. And they're like, Oh yeah, this was the time that, you know, we did this. Like this is happening because, you know, we were doing this and, and this happened and this happened and, you know, Joe wasn't around to film it or whatever. Like one of the things they talked about all the time was the fact that like Joe was like going to see movies all the time and, and Oh yeah. They envied his free time. Yeah. 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 Which is (laughs) so human. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, yeah. So it's a really fun commentary just cause it's like, it's like getting another cut of the documentary. (laughs) Like it's really, yeah. Uh, and you know, and we haven't even talked. It, it 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 is really fun and crazy, and it, it just adds another layer of film geekery that this whole thing is directed by Joe Cornish, who will go on to make a movie arguably as tight and influential as Hot Fuzz, you know, with Attack the Block. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was falling down another one of those YouTube holes that I do, and I found this documentary of Francis Ford Coppola pre like pre breakthrough uh struggling with getting a cast together and filming this like you know character drama I can't even remember the name of the movie but the whole thing is directed by George Lucas uh he's there with Coppola and there's even moments where it'll be like Francis will be like on the couch and he'll be like oh god what am I gonna do and you'll just hear like Wow, it seems like things are really going hard with the movie right now, huh? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, every uh, cast of actors. And I'm like, that's so weird that just George Lucas is just watching this. And <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of the, this this weird uh, connection of, yeah, like letting an artist that is a friend be there with you during this this process. It, mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's a strange tradition. It is. I don't like being um, filmed. Uh, I, I learned that whenever I don't have a lot of friends that I guess we're getting older because I, I don't have like a lot of Snapchatty friends or Instagram story friends. Um, so that when I am like when I'm at a bar or, or at a house party and someone is like, hey, we're recording now. I, I, I can feel my body change. Yeah. Well, you you have a very um, uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know how to put quite put my finger on this, but you get you get uh uh, you have like a general uh, uh, paranoia, isn't sure. the right word? No, you could say but, it. I know, I know but, you're saying it with affection. Yeah, like you, you do, you do have a general, just like I, I don't want people watching me if I don't. Yeah, Scott, want them what Scott's to. what Scott's trying to say is that I have I have a bandaid over my laptop camera. Yes, you do at all times. Yes. You have to peel it off anytime that we're going to do any kind of video thing. Yeah. Um, I just watched but, like I watched one too many Edward Snowden documentaries, and I was like, Mm-mm. <laughs> um, but I mean, but just in general, like that's that is your that's your your personality is like you don't yeah. you don't like being on because being on is like part of your job. In a, you know, in a yeah, way, yeah, you know, sure. like you don't want to be on when you don't have to be and you feel obligated to be on because you're just such a chill dude, but also like you're a performer. And so when it's time to perform, it's like, OK, I need to perform like I've I've seen you do it a million times in like, you know, Geek by Night table reads and, and stuff like that. Like I, I, I know the difference between when you're in performance mode and when you're not. And when you're not, you're, you're like a half powered robot. Like you're so chill. Yeah. And so like the idea of, of like someone invading your half powered robot time is very offensive to you. (laughs) And I guess, and that's why it's so funny because I, I I would watch this, you know, like an 07 aspirationally and be like, Oh, like, yeah, maybe I do kind of envy uh, and I, I, I can be, <laughs> I don't know, like the way that Nick Frost is sort of naturally, uh, that takes no, maybe because it is Joe Cornish, but like he is able to capture these very like unforced moments of just friends making each other laugh, just enjoying yes. each other's company. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, and I think, yeah. I think too, I think that's, that's the, that's the thing is like, like I would love if one day, you know, we, God willing, we get to make a movie and mm. we can tour it, like, I would love to have, like, one of our friends do this, you know, yeah. um, with with just us. And but like, you know, it's yeah, it's a tricky thing because I, I you do get the sense that when the camera's around, they do act a little differently, like, especially Nick. Like, I think I think there is certainly a uh, uh, uh like part of this is about is is really just about like friends making each other laugh but you can tell that when nick when the camera gets put on nick it's it's like an instant like light switch performance mode like there's one sure. moment mm-hmm. there's one moment in the where they're in that van in uh, i think they're in new york um like the their first day and uh they're he's pointing the camera at edgar and simon who are in the back seat 
of the van, the, the, all the way in the back. And, uh, he's, they're sort of like talking about like what they're, what they're, what they've got to do that day, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and talking about that and, uh, you know, then they start sort of, um, getting weird. Like Simon's like, you know, like what, you know, why are you focusing on me or whatever? Like, and then like he, so he like turns the camera to the seat next to him, to Joe, uh, and, Nick gets on camera and as soon as the camera hits him and it hits him unexpectedly, like he didn't know that the camera was going to get turned on him. And so because there's a split second where Nick doesn't realize what's about to happen and then notices the camera, you can see the light switch turn on. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I know. And, and, uh, yeah. and especially the moments where, you know, and I say this with no cynicism, all the respect in the world, but you know, where they are selling the sausage and yeah. where they're like in front of, uh, you know, some access, you know, like San Francisco tonight, cable, you know, like or daytime news thing where it's like, so how did you guys meet? You know? And they're like, well, you know, you, the UK doesn't have a lot of action films and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's, it's great because I think so many, it's great for, I think, artists to watch because I think so many people that go into that want to make stuff or go into show business or even people that kind of go on Twitter and, and just talk that talk. There's a romanticism to this level of the industry. Mm-hmm. There's like, a, oh, if I as, as soon as this happens to me, all my problem, it'll never not be great. Right. Yeah. Right. And. To, to just be like, no, you're mostly just on an airport or flying or you're in a room in a hotel. And the best case scenario is you're doing it with two of your best friends in the world. Right. But most of the time you're just doing it with people that you worked with like nine months ago that maybe you like enjoyed a couple of their company. Right. And it's not with something. It's not a project that you poured your heart and soul and 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 self into, you know. Right. It was just a job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh it's a really special thing that they made. Um and you're right. It does you know, I called it romantic earlier, but it's it's really just like the whole package that feels a little like romantic to me, like the idea of like doing this and and showing your your art to these people who sure. uh are there to see it like because they're excited because they liked your last piece of art, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um but but it's but you're right. Like it also shows you like how hard a promotional tour is, like just how grueling it is because it's not, you know, they make a joke about, about it being like harder than, than coal mining, um, which is like obviously a joke. And that's mm-hmm. why they chose coal mining, like a, a job that can literally kill you. Um, mm. But it's, it's, you know, they, they just, they put it, they, the way they put it in the, in the commentary is, uh is like, uh yeah, I mean, it just, it it starts to get grueling when you are flying to all of these cities that you've never been to before and you're excited to visit them, but you can't because you have to stay in a conference room for six hours and talk to people on the phone who are asking the same four questions over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and you just you just start to lose it a little bit and you just find any way to uh you know a- entertain yourself yeah um, it's 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 that different kind of tired where you know the, the physical kind of tired we all know hopefully you slackers you know when you're like oh boy i really did a lot but then there's that kind of day where you're mentally drained where yeah. your body doesn't your brain doesn't tell your body until you're like have a quiet moment to yourself mm-hmm. you're like oh boy i've been thinking and being present for like 12 hours straight 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. And yeah, and I think it's I think it's 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 useful. I think because I there are a lot of people that I think are expecting the wrong thing from. I don't know, and I I, for, I I think what we find romantic of this in this documentary is the yeah, like you said, the romanticism of they made a thing and now they're touring it with pride and they're like they're yeah, we did it and this is great and and it's worth putting up with this kind of stuff, right? This this kind of stuff isn't the reward. This isn't the you know oh we get to do a weird. Or, you know, mid two thousands hip hop themed magazine photo shoot. Right. Right. I think I remember holding that entertainment. I remember flipping through that entertainment weekly. That was weird. Oh, so do I. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Because we were looking for every interview and every Yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I I remember because I I I remember exactly where I was flipping through that magazine. It was in a Walden Books in ah, my local mall. I love uh, Walden Books. Yeah, yeah. Um, too bad no one else did because they don't exist <laughs> anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I I think so. I I I would um, I will say uh, and and like maybe no one else uh, listening to this will understand this, but I will say there is one bit in this documentary mm-hmm. that I'm I'm always just like, man, I wish I wish I could just cut that part out. Which is uh, the the Harry Knowles section? <laughs> oh, great, cool, yeah, no, it, uh, it, yeah, yeah, but also on the bright side, maybe not on the bright side, but it did very much take me back to that moment. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, because because I, I was going on, ain't it cool all the time in two thousand and seven? Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, kind of like being like, oh, what did Harry Knowles think? You know, but yeah, you're right, <laughs> just you know, looking at his looking at his face and. Uh, his his being and his whole you know and I I mean it is, I don't want to make it about his appearance that's not what's important but no. you know yeah there was a, a there there was a there was a bit too in the commentary when the Harry Knowles section happened at the at the old Alamo the downtown Alamo which doesn't exist anymore apparently um, is that right it doesn't exist anymore that one that uh, particular one? I might be too young when I got to Austin there were two Alamo draft houses there was one on Sixth Street and there was one on South Lamar. And I, okay. And if I'm not mistaken, they're both still open. Just the, the South Lamar one's all tripped out now, and I haven't been to that one yet. Yeah, I I think the one that they were in in the documentary doesn't exist anymore. I think I that particular it. one doesn't exist anymore. It's like yeah. uh, it was like the first draft Alamo Draft House, and then they moved into like a nicer nicer facilities. Okay. Um, but uh, but in any event, um. Yeah, in the <laughs> when you get to that section in the commentary, uh, they talk about how uh, how <laughs> they're commenting on how filthy Harry Knowles is and how filthy his sense of humor is and how he told the most disgusting story they've ever heard in their life that night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh wow, this uh, this this all checks out now, doesn't it?" Um, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, like "Oh mm, yikes!" Mm, hindsight. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Blade his Blade Two review should have been a a warning shot for everybody. Oh man, Oof. Uh, man, yikes! Remember that show? Man, God, remember that show on YouTube where he would just be, "Look at my, I have the camera from King Kong." Oh God, Who I was just talking. Me? I was just talking about that show uh, with because <laughs> oh, yeah. I because I, I I uh I visually cringed when he came on screen and sure. and I watched this with Bethany and Bethany was like what what who's that 
And I, I had to explain. I had to pause it and explain to her who he was mm-hmm. and what he did. Yeah. And I had to explain to him about the, uh, explain to her about the Kickstarter for the season two that never happened. And he just like stole $300,000 from people. Mm-hmm. Right, it, was, uh, it was even more than that. Wasn't it like $750,000? Yeah. $750,000 to film in his basement. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a season two of a yeah. YouTube show that never got made. It never, yeah. it never happened. He just stole seven hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Today I'm talking uh, to Doug Trumbull, who's going to teach me about virtual reality. God. Ugh. Anyway, um, that's enough about that guy. Uh, the passing it's, of an age. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. It does immediately take. Oh, right. That's what the film community was like back then you know yeah. like it was mm-hmm. it was that i will say one thing that really i was like i was like oh i wonder how old uh edgar wright was w- was in this and uh, oh, that no, was a mistake Scott. that was oh, a mistake because he was he is at, he in that documentary he is the age that i am now well you know he <laughs> he's interesting because he just started i mean he just really hit the ground running with tv yeah yeah I mean, and because it's just a different industry over there. Well, and he made he made that he made Fistful of Fingers. Yeah. And, you know, it it, it showed in a theater like three times. Yeah. And uh, I don't know the uh, more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The yeah. more I somebody, learn about, somebody saw it that mattered and then got him hired on their show and then so yeah. on and so forth. And, the more I learn about and granted, when I say learn, I mean, like, you know, listening to podcasts and reading what, the stuff that's available to everybody. You know, I'm not I'm still a. You know, I, I don't know. I don't want to sound like I have too much of a, I don't know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like the UK, I know, for like a fucking minute and a half. It sounds like the UK <laughs> facilitates their young artists better than we do. Yes, um, I 100% agree with that. Because I think, I think that there, uh, you know, there is a... I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it has its fair share of like privileges and. Yada, oh sure, yada. I mean, not a perfect. You know, always getting better, ever right. forward. A- absolutely, but but you're right. Like the fact that, the fact that Edgar Wright at like 19 or however old he was, found, like, got funding to make a feature film at like 19. You know, is yeah, insane to me. Yeah, um, and just I don't know when you hear about like the the almost factory like. Uh, uh, like make you know, like uh, machinery that goes into like, yeah, you go from school and then you do this show and people see you in the show and next thing you know, you're playing like you know, Lord, you know, Lady Bracknell or whatever. Not that's a big character, but you know, like a small character on stage and then you do a BBC miniseries and then you're in movies and then you're Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, and it just seems like they, I don't know, yeah, like they're they're yeah, like like you said, uh, the opportunities that are available there seem to be not to be, yeah, they're not on the level of what our government really seems to be. I don't know. Priorities. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I mean, uh, the arts is not something that our government, um, pursues really with any sort of, uh, vigor, you know? Sure. Unlike tanks. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Oh, you want to build a tank? Here's some money. There you go. (laughs) 19 year old Edgar, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um it's that's the six, american yeah. alternate universe is uh edgar wright is yeah. now a, a warmonger um <laughs> something of a warmonger actually I mean, like tanks 
<laughs> Leave you American. Yeah, no, he's still. <laughs> Uh yeah, I and I I love how nerdy in this Edgar Wright is. Uh, where he just like he just reminds me of me. Like if I was in a city where they filmed the movie that I love, I'd be like, this is where they yeah. filmed this, and it's so great. And like his two friends are just like this fucking nerd. Like, oh yeah, like when they went to make, a Mariners game and like he went, he went to go see Bullet. Yeah, yeah, and I I just I I love that too. Like I think um. I think seeing this documentary for the first time was like when Edgar Wright became my favorite director Mm -hmm. uh, was, was because I was just like, Oh man, he's like, he's just, he's a nerd that just genuinely loves things like me, you know? Um, That 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 has some mileage on it. Yeah. Yeah. There's value in that. And I, I like that a lot. Uh, Special shout out to the, uh, the AMC river East in Chicago where they, they have their Chicago scene. Uh, I used to go. Yes. Yeah. Okay, here's here's something really fucking weird. Oh, so lay it on me. We were we were watching this documentary, Bethany and I. Sure. And uh, they get to the, that point where they're going up the escalators at at that um, theater, mm-hmm. and she like leans forward and then looks at me and then looks back and she was like, "Didn't we see a movie here?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I think we did." And then we both realized that the movie we saw at that theater, the only movie that I've ever seen at that theater was Attack the Block. Wow. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that is so weird. Um, so yeah, we block. saw Attack oh, the no. Block at that theater. Uh, uh, just bring it back around. Attack the Block, the first movie I ever saw at an Alamo Draft House. Oh. Well, I saw it there. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, that's a that's a that's a kick-ass theater. I saw I've seen some good shit at that theater. Uh mm-hmm. Tree of Life, Good Time. I don't remember what I I've only seen uh to the best of my memory, I think I've only seen two movies in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um and it was uh it's been um Attack the Block and Cabin in the Woods. Those are the two movies that I've seen hey. in Chicago. Perfect. But I don't remember sure. Yeah, I don't remember what theater I saw uh, Cabin in the Woods in, but it was something nearish to downtown. Um, but I don't remember. I don't remember what theater it was. It was uh, they were renovating it when I went there, though. Um, I remember that there was like a bunch of construction outside, but I don't know if it was the same theater, and I just like got to it from a different perspective, um, <laughs> and so didn't remember that it was the same theater, but. Uh, yeah, but I definitely saw um, Attack the Block there, which is just so yeah. weird that I'm like, it's like, oh yeah, the movie that there, the movie theater, the specific movie theater featured in the documentary that Joe Cornish directed, that is where I saw his feature film debut. Uh, yeah, so weird. Hashtag it's all connected. Yeah, true. I also, I don't know, maybe like it has to do with me, like how I'm wired, but when I think of like, airports and hotels and taxis i get kind of like it takes me back to to high school it takes me back to going on field trips and mm. and like going to like journalism like like you know like competitions and like yeah award. and i get excited i get like oh i'm gonna like even when they were when they were in a cab and i could see new york outside it made me be like oh god that's i remember that feeling of being like new york's outside yeah oh absolutely absolutely 
Um, yeah. So anyway, it's uh, I, I recommend it. I mean, there yeah. it's definitely there's a lot of blue humor in this. Sure. Um, Sophomoric. One could even yeah, say. Very much so. Uh, and, uh, a lot of, uh, there, there's, um, several, there's like a handful of jokes that really haven't aged well, uh, throughout, but like, if, as long as you remember that this is 2007 and like, we've changed a lot, uh, we have, we have as like a, as like a culture, we changed a lot in 10 years. Um, makes you appreciate it. Yeah, really it does. Uh, and so it's, but it's, it's a really, it's a fun watch. And I, and I, you know, I think you'll fall in love with these, these goofballs. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, I think argument to be made and I say this with love and respect. Yeah. There's an argument to be made that 2007 is like peak era Kevin Smith. Oh yeah. Cause it was like, that was like right around, like right after he started Smodcast, right? Yeah. They were like a year in or something like that. Like right before Zach and Miri and Weed. Right. And yeah, I don't know. It's... Just seeing seeing 07 Kevin Smith, I was like, oh, this is when I thought you were the shit. I mean, I still, I still, yeah. I still love him, but you know. Yeah. But it's like a different, he's a totally different person now than yeah. he was then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's weird how different he is. It's like two Kevin Smiths ago. In this documentary. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's, it honestly, um, you know, for, as someone who has never done drugs, uh, I, 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 I see that happen with Kevin Smith where it's like, oh, you look at him before he started smoking weed. And then after, and I'm like, I don't think I ever wanted to do drugs. Like I just, I'm, I, like I don't, I, I'm, I'm terrified of like who I would become <laughs> if imagine, that happened. Can you imagine just imagining you? Going on anywhere near the transformation that he has gone on from 07 to like 18. And yeah, yeah. that would be insane. You're just like, yeah, you're wearing like hockey jerseys. It's just so weird to think. Um, and he's like, even yeah. he's even changed again because now he's, wear, he's wearing like suit jackets all the time because he's like vegan. Yeah. And skin. thin. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Super weird. He's not. He wasn't even wearing backwards baseball caps then. Yeah, it was before the backwards baseball cap phase. Yeah, that was yeah that 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 came up uh, like you know after he started smoking weed, he started doing that. I guess to hide his bald patch more. Yeah. I don't know. Could be even before his Wayne Gretzky phase. Yeah, no, it definitely was because that was that happened. I remember that story that happened after he started smoking weed because he was high <laughs> when it happened. Oh man, we should <laughs> you well, we we could do like an oral history of Kevin Smith. Without ever talking about his movies. I know. We really could. <laughs> we would just, they would, they would be treated as events, not in his life, not yeah. as, as pieces of art. They would just be like, and then this movie happened yeah. and he was like this. Okay. So um, Zach and Mary opened Halloween weekend. 08, guys. Bad <laughs> idea. Not good. No, not good. It broke him. Uh, broke him, broke he, his life. Yeah, he started smoking weed with. Uh, in a way, uh, Seth, Seth Seth Rogen is responsible for the Kevin Smith that we have today. Yeah, thanks if, for if, yoga if, hosers. It, yeah, if Seth, if Seth Rogen hadn't invited him to smoke pot with him, uh, I you know he might not have ever picked yeah. it up again, and and might not have never become who he is now. It's interesting. Yeah. This will help. <laughs> No, remember that story? He was just like, "What do you mean you don't smoke? You I've seen your movies." Smoke weed. <laughs> yeah. Silent Bob. I want to smoke with Silent Bob. Come on, fifty bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. 
Oh man. Anyway. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a fun documentary. If you have yeah, the Blu-ray and you haven't watched it, uh, you should, you should definitely, uh, seek it out. It's, it's, it's really fun. It's great. So perfect appetizer um, to, uh, the main course that we're about to start. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to start that, um, in November. I haven't, uh, totally nailed down our premiere date, but it will happen in November, uh, and uh, I'm very excited to, uh, you know, get this show on the road. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's uh, that's that. Uh, and we'll be back with uh, Minute One in uh, yeah. November. And we'll be gone till November. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.